Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're not going to sing our last song. I went a little long-winded on announcements and things. And I've got like a two-hour message I'm going to preach to you today and I'm going to try to cram it into an hour and a half and uh, just just didn't see what happens. But I've got a lot of Scripture that I'm going to be going to. And so, uh, if you want to try to follow along, you know, uh, better warm your fingers up. We're going to be going all, all over the Bible today. Or if you just want to pay close attention and take notes and maybe go and look the Scriptures up later, that's fine. But I want to share uh, this message with you. I just think it's very important. And just kind of help us understand some things. Um, a lot of times, you know, there's confusion that comes sometimes with different teachings and things on certain subjects. Sometimes people will take one verse or maybe even just a part of a verse and they'll just run with that and they'll build their whole doctrine and their whole religion around maybe one little thing and they took it out of context. And um, a lot of times they, just, they fail to study and really just submit themselves to what the Bible has to say about a subject. A lot of times we get real caught up in maybe what a religion says and what our uh, religion teaches, but you know the Bible is the final authority in everything. And the Word of God uh, is what we need to guide our lives by. And I want us to start reading in James chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That's where we get our text from today. Doers and not just hearers. Be doers, not just hearers only. Because when you, if you are just a hearer, then the only one you're going to deceive is yourself. You can deceive yourself. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be deceived by anybody, let alone myself. I want to know the truth. That's very important to me. And then verse 23, For he, for if any be a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So we see that if you are just the hearer, that you're going to be in trouble, that you're going to, you're going to deceive yourself. We see the one who is the doer, that they're going to be blessed. And you know, the truth is, knowing the right answers to the questions from the Bible doesn't make you a doer of the word. And it doesn't even mean you're a good Christian. There's people out there, they can quote all kinds of Scriptures. But let me tell you something, if you're not doing it, it's not going to do you a bit of good. I might be able to quote verses about turning the other cheek, but if I'm always losing my temper and hitting people when they do me wrong, what good did that verse do me? I was just a hearer. I wasn't a doer. Romans 2.13 says, "...for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. The doers of the law shall be justified. And that term justified, it means to prove or to show to be just. Us obeying the Scriptures, us doing the right thing, that proves that what we're what we say we are. There are many people today who say that they're Christians. If you ask them, hey, how do you get to heaven? Well, it's by faith and by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. They know all the right answers. They can, they can quote the verses to you, but I'm telling you right now, 
they've not been justified. They haven't proved it one bit. Their actions say something completely different. I can tell you that I love you, but if every time I see you, I punch you, you're going to doubt that love, aren't you? You're seriously, it's seriously going to be questioned. And many people today, they know the right answers, but they're not doing the right answers. It kind of reminds me, when I was you know, in school, there were certain subjects, you know, things like science and stuff, where I could, I knew the answers for the test. I learned it just good enough so I could pass that test, but I didn't understand it one bit. I, I mean, I remember some of those things I did. I remember one, I remember one specific one on genetics that I failed a couple times before I finally passed that thing. And I got to where I knew what the right answers were, but it didn't make a bit of sense. And you know what? It still doesn't make any sense to me. I, but, but I knew the answers. And same thing, in, you know, same thing sometimes in math. You, know, you knew how to maybe get a right answer, but you didn't understand it. And as, when that's the case, you, know, you haven't really learned it that well, have you? And many of us, we know the right answers to Bible questions. Okay? I just might have looked smart when I said all 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Okay? Well, I might know that, but if I haven't read them, and if I'm not doing it, what good is it? Okay, several you know you just read through the New Testament. That's good. You are faithful hearers for ninety days to be able to do that. But if you don't do anything that was said in the New Testament, what good is it to you? It's going to accomplish absolutely nothing. And there's many people today who know the scriptures, but they're not saved. James chapter two and verse nineteen. Go over to James chapter two. We got a few places. Uh, there, James chapter two, verse nineteen says, "Thou believest that there is one God; thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble." So, there's many people I believe in God, and they feel pretty good about themselves when they say that. But we see here in the Bible that the devils believe in God and tremble. In fact, they're actually doing a little better than most people. Most people, I believe in God, but they're not, they don't fear Him one bit. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. But when they're breaking the commandments of the Bible, they're not worried about it. They're not scared one bit. And But the devils, at least they're smart enough to tremble. They believe that there's one God, but that's not enough. What they do is wicked and they're scared, they're scared to death of God. They know that their judgment is coming. They know what's going to happen. But you know, most religions today are completely focused on works. There's many... Many religions today that if you ask them, how do I get to heaven? They're going to want to talk about some kind of work. You need to go and you need to get dunked in the tank. You know, you need to go and take, you got to take the Lord's Supper. You got to be a good person. You've got to do, you know, they'll name off all these things that you have to do to get to heaven. They want to talk about works. And we know that's not true. We all know. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And let me tell you, that's 100% true. Salvation is not of works. We, we know that. But because, since the Bible says it's not of works, they feel like there's no need for works at all. They don't like it if a preacher starts talking too much about works. And the truth is, while we're not, we're not saved by our works, works are supposed to be a part of our life as a Christian. And uh, we'll, and we're going to get to that passage in Ephesians here pretty soon. So people stop at the knot of works lest any man should boast. They all want to quit reading right there. 
And many times people do that. They'll find something in the Bible that they like and then they'll stop reading. Or they find something in the Bible they don't like and they stop reading. We've got to, we've got to read the whole thing. You know, we're supposed to study the Bible. We're supposed to rightly divide the Word of Truth. We're not supposed to just pick what we like and throw out what we don't like. We're supposed to take the whole package. And, uh, and I want us to notice some things about faith and works. Okay, Because you do. You've got the group that wants to work their way to heaven and you got the group that doesn't want to do anything. Okay, it's not of works. I don't have to do anything. I can be as wicked as I want, and I'm still okay because it's not of works. And we don't want to be really in either one of those camps. There is, uh, there is a, I don't know if I want to call it in the middle, but there is a place of truth. All right, there is a place of truth where we want to be. I think both sides are getting it wrong. And so, first of all, go back in James chapter two, in verse fifteen. It says, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. You've got the people on both sides. And he said, Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believe, and then he, that's when he goes, Thou believest there's one God. The devils also believe and tremble. There's people out there, you know, I've got faith. There's other ones that will say, I have works. And he's saying here, I will show you my, I will prove that I have faith by my works. We're supposed to have both of those. Because the Bible says, faith without works is dead. Faith that works is dead. You, if you come to me and you're hungry and you're starving, you need something to eat, and I tell you, you know what? You just need to have faith. I have faith. I believe God's going to feed you. And then I send you on your way after talking all spiritual. The truth is, I don't have faith at all. If I had faith, I would prove it. And you know what I'd do? I'd help you. I would give you something to eat. He gives an example there. What good is that faith if you don't help that person with their need? It's it's dead, basically. And many people are like that. You know, when you're going through a problem, they've got all kinds of faith, don't they? Oh yeah, God's gonna take care of that, but what do they do about it? Absolutely nothing. And what do they do whenever they're having a problem? They panic, you know, and the truth is that that's dead faith. It's dead faith that accomplishes absolutely nothing. And the works that salvation and I I wasn't real sure how to word this, might sound kind of the works that salvation is not by, okay? The works of salvation is not by the Bible says salvation, it's not of works. Okay, what are those works that it's talking about? I believe it's talking about the works of the law. Go to Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six, and this is where I'm going to start jumping around. If, if, if you're not able to follow along, that's fine. I've got to move quick. But Ephesians six verse one says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection or, or complete to completion. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Dead works. What's that talking about? Well, right. Okay, we, in James it's been saying that faith without works is dead. Here it's talking about works, but it's talking about dead works. So, what do the works do? What do the works accomplish? Verse 2, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good Word of God and the powers of the world to come 
if they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Basically, what that's saying right there, okay, the dead works is talking about, it's talking about the works of the law. He's talking to the Hebrews here. And what did they have to do to go to heaven before Christ came? Well, they were supposed to keep the Old Testament law. Now, did anybody ever keep the Old Testament law completely? No. Not until Jesus Christ came. In fact, that's why Jesus Christ had to come. Because nobody could keep the law. Those works that they tried to do, they were dead works. They, they accomplished nothing. They couldn't do it. They couldn't complete all of it. And yet, there were many people, many of these Hebrews, after they had gotten saved, they were wanting to still keep those works of the law. And many of them, even many times they would say you had to keep some of those laws to get saved or to stay saved. And here we see, um, no one's real sure who wrote Hebrews, but he's explaining to them that for you to try to keep those works of the law to be saved is basically to put Jesus Christ to an open shame. To say that His crucifixion was for nothing. And the truth is, when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, He paid the full penalty of sin. You and I, we don't have to work to obtain salvation. For us to even try, we are belittling what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. The Bible says you're putting Him to an open shame. Why? Because those works that it's talking about, it's talking about the works of the law. Those are dead works. And we don't have to keep all that ceremonial stuff and do all those things. And it's not because... All the laws were bad. The law of the Lord is perfect, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 19. But unfortunately, we are not perfect. We are not able to keep all those laws. And therefore, when it comes to that Old Testament law, we see that the Bible many times refers to them as dead works. Also, in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. There's several verses here, but it says, "...but Christ become an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered once into the holy places, having obtained redemption for us." They used to sacrifice you know, the lambs and the, and the bulls and the goats and things. That was dead works. Jesus Christ made the final sacrifice. For the blood, if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified through the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see what it's talking about again? It's talking about that Old Testament law. It's talking about those ceremonial laws. Those things that were completed when Jesus Christ died on the cross. It calls them dead works. The works of the law, they cannot save you. They, uh, they never saved anybody. Jesus Christ, He's the one that made that passage. We don't have time to read all, but read the rest of chapter 9 and just a lot of great stuff in there. He's ta- he keeps talking about that Old Testament ceremonial law that Jesus Christ completed. And many people, they wanted to hang on to those traditions. They wanted to hang on to some of those dead works, as the Bible calls it. And the truth is, the works of salvation, or the work uh, that salvation brings is not the works of the law. That's what it's talking about. Also, James chapter 2, verse 20-26, But wilt thou, O man, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? 
was not... So right here, it's talking about now faith without works is dead. Okay? It's not... To, here, we're not talking about the works of the law anymore. We're talking about basically just as a Christian, doing right. Proving that proving we have faith. Being justified. And I hope you're following. I don't want to lose anybody here, but let's keep reading. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect or made complete? Faith and works, they go together. Not the Old Testament dead works of the law. Not the you know, sacrificing of lambs and bulls and goats. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. That's not what saves us. Okay, the works of the law, they don't do us a bit of good. It's Jesus Christ's work that He did for us on the cross. So what are these works that it keeps talking about? Well, for a great example of this, well, is, uh, well, go to Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But notice what it says here. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Once again, he's talking about Old Testament ceremonial law. It doesn't do anything. And he said, God forbid that I should glory. For anybody to brag on their salvation as though they did something or some work to obtain it. I mean, it says, God forbid. Why would you do that? The only thing we can glory in is the cross. The only one that we can brag on when it comes to our salvation is Jesus Christ. He's it. He's the only one that we, that He's the only area where we have to glory. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with bragging on your Savior. Okay, as long as you don't make it personal, just make it about Him. He is the Savior. You can brag on Him. You can glorify Him all you want. And so we see that but the faith without works is dead. But we have all these things about dead works. That's talking about the Old Testament works of the law. Now that we're saved, the truth is we're supposed to now start doing some good works. Why? This proves that we're who we say we are. If we don't, we're just going to deceive, you're just going to deceive yourself. If you don't have works, it's because you don't have faith. Ephesians, go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Once again, this is the passage we all know. And people like to stop reading when we get to verse 9, but we're going to keep on reading. So, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The very next verse says that we've been ordained to do good works. That we were created to do good works. That we were saved not by our works, but unto good works. When God saved you, He was trying to do more than just keep you out of hell. He was trying to change your life. He was trying to give you an abundant life. And it says in verse 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Why were they like that before? Because 
They weren't able to keep the, they weren't keeping those Old Testament laws. They didn't do the circumcision. They didn't they weren't doing the sacrifices. The sacrifices and things they did, it was for Israel. It wasn't for the Gentiles. And they were aliens. They were strangers. They weren't allowed. They weren't able to be a part of it. But now, because of Jesus Christ and what he did, they're no more strangers. They're no more pilgrims, as it says in another passage. Those ceremonial laws, those dead works, have nothing to do with salvation anymore. Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. But we see here though that they were saved unto good works. It's not by, but unto good works. There's a purpose for your salvation. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off remain nigh by the blood of Christ, for He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Jesus Christ, He took care of it for us. And thank God that we don't have to do all that ceremonial stuff to get saved. We can't do it. No one ever was able to do it other than Jesus Christ. And so we're not saved by works, but yet we see here in the same passage that we're not supposed to just throw other works out. It doesn't mean we're not supposed to be good. Now that you're saved, you're supposed to live like you're saved. You're supposed to act like you're saved. Not so you can go to heaven, but because you're going to heaven. And many people they're like, well, you know, it's just it's good enough for me as long as I'm going to heaven, I'm fine. But wait a minute. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Are you supposed are you supposed to have a dead faith? Is it a dead faith in Jesus Christ? The Bible says, By grace are ye saved through faith. Is it talking about a dead faith? No. A person who's a person who's saved, a person who really believes. There's going to be some work to show it. There's going to be some work to prove it or to justify it. Let's look at Abraham. In Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, I'm going, to, I'm going to go to a few different passages here, real quick. But Romans chapter 4, notice what it says. And what shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So right there, proof. We don't have to do you know, works. We don't have to do any works. Abraham, all he did was believe. Okay? That's exactly what that says. He believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Now let's look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. It says, he therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham and the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel unto Abraham, saying, And thee shall all nations be blessed, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. 
Christ uh, hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So once again, we see that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto them for righteousness. Alright, and then, go, now go to, uh, I lost my spot notes here, James chapter 2 and verse 20. James chapter 2, verse 20. See, works don't matter. Abraham, he just believed. And that's true. But, where was the proof of that belief? Because we see there is a work in there. In James chapter 2, verse 20, "...but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar?" So right here, we see that it doesn't say he was saved by works, but he was justified by works. He was justified when he offered his son upon the altar. That was when he proved that he was saved. That was when he proved that he believed God. But let me ask you a question. When did Abraham get saved? When did Abraham get saved? Because the Bible tells us when Abraham got saved. We see here that in James that he was justified when he offered his son upon the altar. And then now go to Genesis chapter 15. because This is really good here. Because Abraham didn't get saved when he offered his son on the altar. He was already saved. In Genesis chapter 15, this is where I believe is the salvation of Abraham. It says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born of my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own vows shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. You see, this was years before Isaac was born. God went, told Abraham, He gave him a promise, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Abraham got saved way back when God made that promise to him and he believed him. And years later, Isaac was born. And years after that, most people believe Isaac was probably around 30 years old when Abraham went to sacrifice him. And But the Bible says it was then that Abraham, Abraham was justified by works. You see, when you get saved, it's not by works. When you get saved, it's by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But we've been saved, the Bible says, unto good works. Why? To justify ourselves. In other words, to prove that we are who we say we are. To prove that we're saved. The proof is there. And Abraham proved it that day when he believed God. So you say, well, what would have happened if he would have said no to God? Would he have lost his salvation? Well, no, because you can't lose your salvation. But the truth is, because he believed, he did what God asked him to do, didn't he? Because he believed. 
because He was saved. And we've got many people today who say that they believe, yet their actions show something completely different. And I'm not even saying these people aren't saved, but I can tell you right now they're not justified. They've not proved anything. Just like there's people today maybe sitting in prison who maybe they're innocent, but they've not been justified. In other words, they weren't able to prove it. And what good did it do them? They're in prison now for something they didn't do. And, I'm not, and nobody's going to go to hell for something they didn't do. But you know what? If you're not justified, you're not going to be a very good witness. If you're not if you're not if you're not proving that you're saved, you're not going to accomplish much for Christ. People need to see that evidence. And in Hebrews chapter eleven, if you read Hebrews chapter eleven, that chapter is all about faith. Every bit of it's all about faith. And it talks, you know, for by it the elders obtained a good report. But then in every one of those stories, every example it gave, it talked about a work that they did. By faith, you know, Rahab, she went, she helped those spies. She put that scarlet cord out. It mentions that story in the Bible. It talks about Sarah, how Sarah, she believed. Uh, and, uh, which, even at first with her, remember, she laughed. At first, she didn't believe. But later, she did believe. And she proved that she was saved uh, by that. I mean, everybody, with Abraham, he went to another country. I mean, it gives all these examples by faith. Noah being warned of God. What did he do? He built the ark. Did Noah get saved when he built the ark? Or did he build the ark because he was saved? He built the ark because he was saved. He built the ark because he was believed. Did Abel get saved by sacrificing the lamb? Or did Abraham or did Abel sacrifice the lamb because he was saved? Because he believed God. You see, if you believe something, there's going to be actions that go with it. I give I give this example all the time, but you know, it works. If I told you there's a bomb going off here in five minutes, if you really have faith. If you really believe, you're going to get out of this building, aren't you? If you don't, if there's no work, if you just sit there, it's obvious that you don't believe what I'm telling you. It's clear that you don't have faith in what I'm saying. And the truth is, you know, there's plenty of reasons to doubt what a person says and not have faith in a person. But when it comes to God, when it comes to the Word of God, there's no reason for that at all. We say that we believe God. We say we believe the Word of God, yet we don't keep His commandments. Hereby, ye do know that ye know Me if ye keep My commandments. That's what the Bible says. It's not just proof to others. It's proof to yourself. If ye love Me, keep My commandments. You know, If a person hates his brother, you know, he's a murderer, and no murderer hath eternal life, God gives evidence all the time. Uh, he gives examples of works that they are proof to us that we're saved. And once again, that's why we need to be doers of the Word and not here is only deceive, because otherwise you're just going to deceive yourself. And there are people today all over, just because the Bible says not of works, when it comes to salvation, they want to throw works completely out. Well, how are you going to know for sure that you're saved? First John, these things that are written on you that believe that you may know that you have eternal life. But it talks a lot about works in First John. Why? Because we want to know that we're saved. I don't want to deceive myself. I don't want to be one of those people that stand before God someday and say, you know, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name? And he said, apart from me, I never knew you. I don't want to be one of those people. I need I want some proof. I want some evidence. And just like in Hebrews eleven, there was evidence of their faith. They showed it in their works. And we don't want we don't want to throw this all, we don't want to throw it all out. I want proof. I don't want to deceive myself. 
I want to know that I'm saved. I want to have confidence. And that, and the Lord helps us to do those things. There are some people, I just can't do it. I can't do those works. Well, then maybe you might want to check your salvation out. Maybe you want to check and make sure that you really got it. Are you sure you really believe? Are you, are you sure? It, otherwise, I think you'd be able to do it. We see all kinds of examples in the Bible of people how God completely transformed their lives. People that did some amazing things for God. Why? God helped them. They believed. Abraham's faith, it was belief, but it was proved by a work. He got saved way back when God made him that promise. And he believed. And it tells us in Genesis it was counted in him for righteousness. But we see that he was justified years later when he offered up his only son. Abraham's salvation was when he believed God, but he proved it later. And the truth is, if you're saved today, God wants you to have assurance of your salvation. He wants you to have that. He wants you, you know, He knows if you're saved. And He wants you to know that you're saved. And you know, there may come, there's, there's gonna come times where God's gonna ask you to do something for proof. Did God ask Abraham to do that because God wasn't sure if Abraham was saved? You think, God knew, didn't He? God already knew. Who do you think that was for? That was for Abraham. That was for Abraham. And not just Abraham, but for Isaac. And for all of us. And God's going to ask you to do some things to prove you're saved. Not so He'll know. He knows if you're saved or not. But so you'll know and so everyone else will know. And that's why we're not going to throw works out here. Just because the Bible says salvation is not of works. Okay, The dead works of the law, yes, they are not going to save you. They will not get you in heaven for one second. But if you don't have works, you may just be deceiving yourself. And hereby we know that we love Him if we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. I just don't like those commands. It's so hard. His commandments are not grievous. Now, I could, maybe to a lost person they would be but not to a saved person. And so that's why we want to study the Word of God. Pastor Tommy, why are you so picky about these things? Why, you bring up, why can't you just make us feel good when we're here? You know, people these days, they're throwing too much good stuff out of the Bible. We're not supposed to throw anything out. We're supposed to preach the whole counsel of God. And yeah, there is a not of works verse. But there's a whole bunch of faith without works is dead verses. And we need to remember those ones too. And when and if you're doing good works today, don't let it puff you up. Don't think, well, I'm going to heaven. I go to church every week. I mean, I put money in the offering. No, you don't get saved by you don't get saved by that. You don't get saved by works of the law. You get saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But you know what? That faith or those works they can be proof to you that hey, the Lord's helping me do these things, and it can give you assurance of your salvation. And it, but it doesn't ever give you a reason to boast. It doesn't ever give you a reason to brag. That's just something that God gives us. It's a gift back to us. I mean, it's a privilege to work for God. And I hope you will be not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. So let's all stand together. Our heads bowed, eyes closed. I have a verse of invitation.